Welcome to an episode of Clef Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a teacher, and what's been going on with that? How's that been going? What's that like? It's it's definitely different. <laughs> During this pandemic. So all of the... Yeah. You teach fifth grade, and all mm-hmm. of the schools are closed? Mm-hmm. So yep. you're just... Everything. College, everything. Kids still need to be taught. So what do you do? Man, it's been an, a real eye-opener because we're, we're being told, you know, we had to learn this in a week during our spring break. Mm-hmm. We had to learn how to use Zoom, how to use Google Classroom, how to reach out to all the parents, how to clean out. We had to go clean out our room and how to set things up. Like I still have that um, overhead that's right behind you Yeah, that is supposed to easily hook up to my computer that I don't know how to get it to hook up and work. <laughs> I mean, there's just things that little tiny things that even the smallest technology working in my home but then there's the giant things like how to get these kids online because half of our population in our school didn't even have internet so we had Hmm. to give them all chromebooks i mean the entire school we have 450 chromebooks out there (laughs) how much is a chromebook 100 200 we're just renting them from like best buy or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know what their contract is through what's the most frustrating thing about being an online school teacher gosh it's hard to pinpoint just one thing that's really frustrating but i would say the most frustrating thing is the work that i put into my lessons i mean i hire you to come help me with videos and i have to put a lot of thought into this and i have to differentiate my teaching and I do that through videos and I do that through assignments and then no one shows. I have 28 kids and I bust my ass trying to figure out how to get everything to work. Yeah. And then I have, do you have, I have to six students take out of 28. attendance and stuff? Yeah, we have to turn in attendance. Wow. Anyone who participates, even if it's just through like posting something online they don't have well they do need to be in the zoom but yeah if they participate twice a week then that's considered okay but that can be something super simple it doesn't even have to be doing an assignment well on the other side of the spectrum what's the most exciting thing or the best thing about being an online school teacher probably the best thing is that i get to be home i get to be here and i i learn i've learned this whole system and now i can do it I can do this system. I can do it right here from my house. Do you feel more tech savvy now? A little bit. <laughs> nice. Because you've taught me how to like <laughs> upload YouTube videos and yeah, get YouTube's things online. looking pretty good. Speaking of education, I read this tweet. Do you know Mindy Gledhill? No. That uh, former LDS musician. She's a singer. She grew up LDS and sang a lot of like gospel music, hmm. like. Um, I remember when I went on my mission, she was one of like the approved artists, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and she left the church pretty recently and, uh, she is now all over Twitter, you know, sharing her opinions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were actually really good. And I read this tweet that she posted about a high school in, I think it was Layton, Utah, Mm -hmm. uh, and it was talking about 
Maybe that's, I'll see if I can pull it up really quick. It was a high school that was teaching about sex ed and just the inequality of how they were teaching it was pretty outrageous um, really? between like how they taught it to boys versus girls. Oh. So it says care for the female body. This is what the thing says for the female. Mm-hmm. Bathe or shower daily. Do not wear damp clothing longer than necessary. Have regular doctor checkups. Report changes such as pain, itching, discharge to parents or doctor. Abstain from sex before marriage. Maintain good hygiene during menstrual periods. So there's like six points in there. Mm -hmm. And then for boys, it says care for the male reproductive system. Shower at least daily. During sports, wear supportive underwear. To prevent injury, wear a cup. Perform testicular self-exams monthly. That's it. Mm. So like just the inequality of like they say women should abstain from sex before marriage mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. they don't mention anything about that to the boys mm-hmm. and um it's it just makes like the female reproductive system feel like such like high maintenance kind of <laughs> you know like you gotta do all this stuff and then for men you just like wear supportive underwear yeah and that's keep, pretty keep much your it. jewels safe yeah and like fill your balls every once in a while to make sure you don't have cancer and uh anyway so mindy gledhill retweeted that and said come on utah like this isn't cool and so i retweeted that and said like yeah i'm pretty disappointed in the utah in utah in general but also in the education system Mm -hmm. and then some people were like i disagree with you and her completely i think that uh this isn't the job of the school at all it's my job as a parent to teach my my kids this you know not not the school the school shouldn't be talking about this at all I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear it. <laughs> because first of all, it is not equal because we all have our body parts that we all need to take care of. And if you're going to tell females to not have sex before marriage, you better tell the males that too. So that That's they're what, in the loop. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. Like it should be equal. Yes. Don't say one thing to one party, but not the same thing to the other. And why not tell them to have protected sex? Because yeah. they're probably, and I feel horrible saying this, they're probably going to have sex before they're married. Yeah. And if they choose to do that, that's their own business, but they need to know how to do that. Not just don't have sex before marriage, because it happens, whether yeah. you want it to or not. Sometimes accidents happen, things get going, or there's rape that happens or whatever. And, you know... <laughs> uh, before you rape me... Yeah, Can I you? know. Well, I know. Let me just that. educate you really quick. But I mean, I'm no, just I, saying I, that I it does happen. And, you know, it. they need to understand that that's just so, so not right yeah. for them to say that. I hope that that was backed up with a lot of other things. But well, also, I didn't read much into it, but, you know, we have to not teach sex ed to fifth graders, but we have to be in there while other people teach it to fifth graders. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they have maybe you have to be special trained or something well this was a high school not fifth yeah. grade but it is the job well in the the what i was gonna say is that the parents have to sign something that say that it's okay oh. for us to talk to them about you know and in fifth grade it's different than what you just read i bet some parents would be stoked to have the school teach their kid about that instead of them having to have that conversation with their kid the problem is that Parents don't do it. They don't know how to have these conversations with their children. That's what I mean. So some parents are like, yeah, I don't really know how to do it. So I'll leave it to the school. Like the school, you're supposed to teach my kid that stuff. Math, sex, all of it. 
But then other parents, they have their own opinions about it. Because math, it's kind of black and white, you know? Two and two is four. Right, right. But with sex, it's there's a lot more gray area, I feel like. And opinions right. and things like that. You can't be like, well, I think that two and two is actually three sometimes. Right. Depends on how you look at it. Right. But with sex, it's it can be that way, you know? You can... Some parents have different opinions. Some yeah. parents really strongly agree no sex before marriage and other parents don't care. Well, because it's a value system, it's morals. And so morals are different for who you come from, from your background and from your religion and from who your parents are. It changes. And so that parent is right. It is their job to teach their kids based on the values that they hold in their family. Yeah. And, you know, it's their job, but mm-hmm. they don't do it. That's the thing is that maybe that parent is going to do it, but not everyone does. And so the school system, because the school takes the educating children extremely seriously. And when we have, when I know from a teacher standpoint, when I have my classroom full of students at that moment, they're my babies. Yeah, I take care of them. If someone's being mean to someone else, they get it from me. They understand that that's not acceptable. And yeah. so we have a family setting in the class. And so it's just natural if they're not learning. If I smell a child in my classroom <laughs> that I know has not bathed, and I'm telling you this because it happens, they haven't bathed in like a week, possibly two, or they're not wiping themselves, or it happens even in fifth grade. I have to tell the parent and say, look, your child is stinking up the whole class. You know, it's time to, or I'm going to tell them, dude, you need to go back in the bathroom. Or I'll tell them at the end of the day and say, I want you to be showered before you come back because I can smell you. That's not my job as their teacher. But I have to do that so that we can have an okay classroom because the kid's going to get bullied, you know? Yeah, I think it's a, a misunderstanding of expectations. Like the parent expects you to tell them, or they just don't want to or don't know. And then you expect the parent to teach them that stuff because it's basic human hygiene. That's well, hard. That kind of segues right back into coming full circle to where we started because this um, online learning system, it really needed to start with a parenting class oh. because parents yeah. don't know how to educate their children. And I feel like before... We even get to reproduce. We should have to go through a parenting class because <laughs> these parents, I yeah. have I have texts that come through that I can't understand from a parent. And I know it's the parent because I've spoken to the parent hmm. and they're telling me, I don't, I don't know the code to get into the classroom. Really? I posted it this morning. Did you read that? And I won't tell them the code. You know, Mm because they want me to just feed them everything and just say, oh, here you go. Here's the information. No, you have to go after it. There's some point in your life where you're going to have to take education by the horns and say, I am going to get my education. Nice. And these kids are not there because their parents are not asking that. I have one girl in my class who is so determined. She's an ELD student, which means that English is not her first language. And when she came into the school in second grade, she spoke almost no English. And in fourth grade last year, her teacher said that she was the most improved student of everybody. Mm. And now, even today, she's the first one in my classroom. She does all of her assignments, and they're not right. They're, I mean, they're 
but the effort's there and she's doing it and yeah yeah she's got that effort i have another kid who's also an eld student mother speaks absolutely no english and he has to translate everything for her and he is in there and he's doing his work and he's doing a, a phenomenal job on his own nice but most of my i have to say that a lot of my students, because of their parents, are just not there. Hmm. That's probably extraordinarily frustrating. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, why I dropped out of college. I when well, you I was... didn't drop out of college. You dropped out of education as your major. Oh, right. That's That's a better way to say it. Yeah, I just felt like the... The state, the government, whatever, their their hands were wrapped a little too tightly around my personality, and they just wanted to, uh, you know, it was like they just would prefer a robot. If they could get robots to just spit the curriculum at these kids, that'd be better. That's why I love working at Kids Unlimited because Kids Unlimited is more of a charter, and so well, it is a charter school. Yeah. So we have a lot more freedom. That's than nice. You would have had in a public school system. <clears throat> Yeah. But going back to the sex ed thing, I don't want to teach any higher than fifth grade because, like you said, it's mandatory for us to teach things that are against my personal beliefs. And so. Oh, yeah. Well, like what? Well, like, you know, I don't, they just, it's different. It's more than just being like, we recognize this as like um, homosexuality or transgender. it was it was more than just teaching it as this you know this might be part of who you are it was going beyond that and i don't know i just i just felt like it was the way that they we were being told to teach i felt like it was really confusing to students Hmm. you know and we do i have kids in my class that are openly gay already already as a fifth grader they're just openly out there with it and in the other class and i feel like students are now really good about you know before 10 15 20 years ago that was you were ridiculed horribly and i'm sure kids still are ridiculed horribly for yeah for that but it seems like more now the bullying comes in it's it's way different than it was then but i don't know this the sex ed thing you know, you have to get your parents' permission to do that, to go through the sex ed program. Yeah. And so I just, I feel bad that that is the experience that they have in Utah going through their classrooms like that, going through yeah. their sex ed like that. It's, there's no excuse for that. They they need to revamp their system for sure. Yeah, totally. Thanks for um, joining me in on that conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I just had a lot of feelings about it and was curious about yours since you're a teacher, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, do you have a Twitter? No, I don't do Twitter. It's actually pretty awesome. I always try to get people on, but they never want to get on. Like, here's another quote that I saw from t- Twitter. You wouldn't plant a seed and then dig it up every few minutes to see if it was if it has grown. So why do you keep asking yourself your hard work? Why do you keep questioning yourself? your hard work, and your decisions. Have patience, stop overthinking, and keep watering your seeds. I saw that on your story. Is that Denzel Washington? Washington? Yeah. Was, yeah. I think it's a Denzel Washington fan account. I don't know if that's actually him. Oh, yeah. But 
I don't know. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I was I was actually thinking about that, like the overthinking part, because Dad and I have been having these conversations about how he's overthinking a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I overthink a lot. And like comparing myself to people and I pick something and then I want to change something. Just go to my Instagram and look like I'm always posting all kinds of different stuff. Random. I can't stick to a theme. One, because my interests change and develop over time as I grow and my talent evolves because I'm expanding and adapting into new areas of photography, new new genres, if you will. And people just want to view me as a one-faceted being that's just like, no, you started in landscape photography in Utah. So that's your niche. That's where you need to stay. It's like, okay, well, I'm divorced. I don't live in Utah anymore. And I'm pretty good at portraits. So like, I want to post some portraits, but nobody likes those or comments on them as much as they do on my landscapes, which is frustrating. Like, why can't my audience grow and adapt and shift their interests along with me? But then I put myself in their shoes from like a consumer perspective, you know, like when I go to McDonald's, well, McDonald's is a bad example because I don't really go there. But you know what I mean? Like you go to Chipotle and you want like a burrito for the Mm -hmm. most part. You're going to get like a burrito or a Mm -hmm. bowl Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't go to Chipotle for Mm -hmm. pizza. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that once you get those people attached to your account that love the desert art, they're not going to follow you into portraits because that's not what they're interested in. But I think that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Not stupid, but you know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. frustrating that... You're just going to have to keep building clientele for every switch that you make. And that's part of your ADD brain that just, you know, you go down a certain certain road for a while and then you just kind of switch gears. And I understand that. I mean, that's just how that's how i am that's how you are yeah like okay as a human being like can i only grow up and then be interested in one thing and then that's my calling forever and that's all that anybody's going to accept me for i think that what people maybe were looking for is is a channel for excuse me a channel for that desert art and then another so you're saying i have to like start 17 instagram accounts yeah if you wanted to keep that all going yeah but i've tried that i have not Mm -hmm. 17 but i have like Mm -hmm. i have like four Mm-hmm. And people are like, ugh, it's so, yeah. it's hard to know what you're doing. It's hard to, fu- it's like, it's it's a lose-lose either way. <laughs> Can't please them. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. so is that your suggestion that you think that if you were me, you would just start multiple different Instagram accounts, each no, dedicated to one niche? I wouldn't. I would put all your stuff together in one place and say, this is who I am. I am desert. I am portraits. I am ocean. I am drone. I am everything. I am podcasts. And yeah. everyone should love to be someone like you who's super versatile. It's called versatile. Versatility. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I so, look at I look at these uh, big creators on the internet. Like, uh, you remember Johnny Harris mm-hmm. and his wife? Like, they just post themselves. Like, their mm-hmm. life, their family. Mm-hmm. And people like uh, even bigger creators like... Um, you know, Peter McKinnon or Logan Paul, like these mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. YouTube names, Casey Neistat, like all these dudes, they just post kind of their life. Mm-hmm. This is my face. This is what I'm doing. This is this person that I'm fighting. This is this whatever. And people love it. Like no matter what they do, mm-hmm. they're people are going to love it. Same thing with like Justin Bieber. You know, he can post a picture of his slippers 
in a mm-hmm. lounge chair next to a pool and it gets like a million and a half likes because it's Justin Bieber and people just like him. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I have been going after, but... But man, you need to be famous first. Yeah, but I, that's the thing. Like, I don't really want to be famous. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to do stuff. And maybe my problem is that I care too much what other people think. You're overthinking. And sometimes I care <laughs> too much what I think. You know, like what if I just mm-hmm. did, what if I did away with what anybody thought, including myself, mm-hmm. and then just allowed my brain to come up with ideas mm-hmm. free of care from uh, of judgment. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, yeah. I I feel like I'm not formulating my thought correctly, but it makes sense in my head. Yeah, because you just want to do things that you want to do, and you want to have it, you know, taken and received with the spirit that you're trying to give just like this is something beautiful that i saw today or this is my mood today and yeah you just want your following to accept that and <laughs> validate me please yeah. your I mean, fandom i just need to let that go just yeah. let go of my need for validation and just like post stuff mm-hmm. post the things that make me happy mm-hmm. but I kind of do need for some people to like it because that's how I make money. That's yeah. the double-edged sword is like, I, this is how I make money. And so yeah. I have to serve you have to kind a of cater. client. <clears throat> but most of the clients that I get, they just go on my Instagram account. They see my style, like the mm-hmm. overarching style and theme that exists. And they can see my portraits. They can see my landscapes. They can see my videography work. It's all there. And they're like, oh, yeah, I like his style. I think he'd be great to hire for an engagement shoot. But it just makes me a little bit less searchable because mm-hmm. that's not all I'm doing. Like people like um, mm-hmm. Anna Harris. I always go to the Harris's. They're such a talented So family. talented, yeah. So Anna Harris, Anna Caitlin Photography on Instagram. Go follow her. She's a huge inspiration of mine. Yeah, mine too. She's done my our photos. Amazing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, she is her niche is Oregon wedding photography. That's it. She's, that's all she does. And like double exposures and things. And she's so good at it. And so because of that, she's super well known for that. And she's extremely searchable. Just type Oregon wedding photographer on Instagram. And she's the first one that pops up because that's like, you know, her her whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, she gets tons of work all the time and really, really high end, high paying clients. And that's super cool. Maybe you and need to be like it. Pacific Northwest. But that's what I mean. That's I don't want to box myself up. <laughs> like I, I'm a Pisces and I like to swim mm-hmm. and and explore. And uh, we were talking about that, not to cut you off, but maybe someday we could hit on that subject a little bit more. Which subject? Just the zodiac. Well, let's hit on it right now. Oh, I didn't want to cut you off in your monologue. No, go ahead. Cut me off. Let's change directions here. Let's, uh, we can be fish. You're just, you're just swimming. And swim the other way. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. I've never put really much weight in the Zodiac signs, but then you read that one about Dyson and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was like, you just literally pinpointed his, yeah. his personality and everything. And like one of them that you read about me. Well, okay. So. Just to cut you off, Dyson is a Cancer Leo cusp, which is completely contradict contradictory to each other. A Cancer is like super. Oh wait, what is it? Cancer, I think, is really reserved and quiet, hates parties, 
introverted. And then Leo is like super outgoing and loves parties and loves to be outspoken. And I might be getting those confused. I'm not a pro at this. I feel like that's kind of... Yeah, but that's the point. It's like they're completely contradictory. And you are a Virgo. Now continue with what you're about to say. Okay. (laughs) So when you read the... Because we were reading... Because his birthday is the 24th, July 24th. Dyson. And so we were reading... I was thinking he was a cancer because my mom is cancer and hers is on the 20th. Mm-hmm. And so we read that and I was like, yeah, I can totally see that in him. But then you read, oh, he's actually a cusp because he's right in there where it's switching. Where yeah, I read a little closer. And then you read that and I was like, wow, because he is both of those things. Yeah. He has both of those. He loves to be alone, yet he loves to be involved. And so it's this. Makes sense now. Yes, it it's makes not sense. putting people in a box. You know what I mean? Like it's not labeling. And that's the thing that Braden has such a hard time with because Braden's a Taurus and he is very grounded and solid and confident in himself. And so to be put into a box or labeled infuriates him. Uh, but if you can, if you can look at the Zodiac signs as a tool instead Mm-hmm. Look at them as a tool instead of as a box. Then it helps you to identify your strengths and your weaknesses, your shadows and your opposite of shadows. <laughs> and then it glows and grows. Yeah, exactly. That's good. So then you can recognize like, oh, and if you're humble enough, you know, to to be teachable and learn, you can say, oh, yeah, this is where I need to improve. Mm-hmm. And the zodiac signs do offer tools to help you learn how to improve or what to do or how to recognize whatever. But I I do think there's something to finding the right thing, though, because you read something about Virgo, and I was like, this is all super negative. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, yeah, that fits me, but does everybody have to know about it? And can we read something? Because Dyson was like super positive and really fun, and then you read mine, and it's like, oh, you have a problem with judging people. You have a problem with this, and you have a problem with... You're a perfectionist, and you wear... Your, what was it that it said? <laughs> I don't remember. It was just like how judgmental I am. And I don't know. I yeah. can't, I can't really remember what it was, but telling me all the things I have problems with. But then you went to another one and read something about Virgo. And I was like, okay, that's better. And I saw that in myself too. And yeah. I thought it was interesting how you can go to one site, I guess, and read something and go to another site. And whereas they're both, um, complimentary i guess yeah they're they're saying things in maybe a different way that's not quite i mean maybe more tactful or something i don't know and i know some people hate it and some people like find it that it's interesting and i do find that it's interesting but i also wanted to like what about the chinese calendar and does this still apply i mean there's so many different things yeah i don't really know anything about the chinese calendar at all me either or like the horoscope i think the horoscope is like a daily blurb about each thing you know like i'm a pisces and there's like the horoscope of the pisces excuse me that will say like oh today your pisces is doing this and your lucky number is this and today's color is this i'm like Mm. okay like that's i think that's a little gimmicky Mm -hmm. but then there's this other thing called the enneagram which is any a n y no it's like e n n a e gram or something i don't know how to spell it but um yeah the enneagram is numbers and we don't have to get into it but there's all there's types you're a type four and when you're stressed you go to a type two and Mm. when you're 
whatever you go to a type, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. different things with like wings and branches. That, and same concept, you know, it's just, this is how, it's just different things or tools, I guess you could say, to help you learn yourself and mm-hmm. r- learn how to relate to other people. And I back it up because in a relationship like Taylor and I, for example, she is an Aries Taurus cusp and I'm a Pisces. And so she did all this research and looked into it. And just from her being able to read into Pisces and understanding me, it helps her to know how to argue with me (laughs) and how to like be nice to me and what I need when I'm mad or what I need when I'm happy or what I need when I'm sad. And so same with her, like Taurus is very earthy and fiery and Aries is very airy and flowy. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fish, like Pisces is very watery and, 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 you know, so it helps me to understand her and her tendencies and on and on. So with relationships, it's actually really nice to recognize how to relate to your partner and take it all with a grain of salt because, you know, just because you were born on a certain day in a certain month doesn't mean that you are that mm-hmm. hard and fast, no questions asked, set in stone. Mm-hmm. You might have tendencies of other zodiac signs because you are an individual. You are your own person. You are Karen. I am Ammon. And it doesn't, like, I don't just look at you and see Virgo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, I think that's where Braden has a lot of struggle because he's like, mm-hmm. he, he's like, stop diminishing me to my zodiac sign. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's more to me than just that. I'm Braden. I have more than that. And, and I, I fully acknowledge that and mm-hmm. recognize that. But he just doesn't really like to talk about it. Yeah. Well, you are, you have traits from your parents. Yeah. You know, you were born in a certain month, but every child, like I've had six children and every child that I've had has way different person, even though they come from the same parents, Yeah, they have way different personalities and features and looks and Mm -hmm. moods and everything, even though you're a lot the same because you come from Clough, you know, you do have a lot of differences too. And so... Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I think that kind of falls into the same thing as the Zodiac a little bit in that you have some, you know, some similarities because of where you come from and being born under a certain moon or in a certain time of the month, I guess. Certain time of day. Certain time of day. It doesn't really define you, of course not, but you do have certain um, elements in your personality and in your being that come from your parents just like your spirit does from your heavenly parents you have certain gifts and certain yeah certain pieces of you that are from them and totally from us so yeah absolutely and so that's how i try to view it is it's just it's tools just tools to Mm -hmm. help you and if it if it's not serving you like you wouldn't just you know like literal like a hammer is a tool Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to use a hammer for everything so, Nor are you going to keep a hammer if it doesn't do you any good. Right. So, so just use it. If it helps you learn yourself, great. If it helps you relate to your partner, great. And then once it stops serving you or it's, you need something else, then great. Like you don't have to just it. like. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm a Pisces. It said that my lucky number is 80, so I have to. <laughs> you yeah, know that's, I mean? a little, that's a little OCD probably. Like be flexible and be able to yeah. adapt to certain things. And Right. Anyway. Those are my thoughts about that. And mine. <laughs> so, anyway, what else are you thinking about? Um, I'm I'm still dwelling on the cars. <laughs> still thinking about cars. 
That's been huge on my mind lately. <laughs> Every time I come over here, you're like, hey, man, should I get a RAV4 or a Crosstrek? And then Dyson's like, Tesla! Tesla! In the background. And the dad's like, I'm going to buy a trailer. <laughs> We're a smidge divided. Actually, we've all been wanting the RV, so that's been really nice for us. Just really hoping that we can get that It's going to be so nice to not have to borrow grandma's garbage trailers now. Oh, yeah. Or motorhomes that are just constantly breaking constantly down and breaking stink. Down. And that are loaded because she loads them with things. Oh, like? Just furniture and blankets and towels and food and jackets and yeah. sleeping bags. and Harps. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so many things. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be really nice. I'm I'm really excited to have our own. Although I have been wanting to think about what am I going to need to put in it? You know, cleaning supplies and chairs and there you go. Turn it into Diana as we need. speak. <laughs> but I'm not going to go buy stuff. I'm just going to go yeah. take what I have and put in there. But yeah, I'm excited. Do you view yourself as a perfectionist? That was one of the things in the Virgo. That was one of the things. And I found that really interesting. I I can see that I am in certain things. But when I look at my sister, who's a Taurus, I'm not I'm nothing compared to what she is. Hmm. She's and dad was a perfectionist. I'm becoming more so now. Dad's in Aries, right? I don't know. His birthday is the 12th, February 12th. Yeah. So I don't know. Pretty sure he's an Aries. Mm. Actually, I don't know. Could look it up. Yeah. I took my glasses off, so I can't see anything. <laughs> How's your sty? <laughs> it's such a pain. Is it? Yeah, that one eye. Losing my vision. What's it like getting old? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I have a saggy neck. And my eyes are going. Oh, Aquari- he's Aquarius. Aquarius? Yeah, February 12th is Aquarius. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to hear some stuff? Yeah. About the Aquarius? It. I'll tell you if it's true or not. Okay. Let's see. February 12th. Being an Aquarius born February 12th, your charm, impulsiveness, and romantic nature define your personality. Yeah, he's so romantic. It's like <laughs> ridiculous how romantic he is. You have always noticed that people seem to gravitate to, her, uh, to your unique charm and warmth, which explains to you for your wide range of friends and admirers. Yeah, he. the only thing that is different about that is that he's a bit on the shy side. Not shy, he's just reserved. Uh, and so he does have a wide, wide range of people who really adore him, but they do it from afar, I think. Oh, this is interesting. It says, in all aspects of your life, you display passion, albeit of the impulsive variety. As a result, you have a long list of interests and hobbies. You take the same spontaneous nature to your romantic relationships as you can quickly fall in and out of love. I can see that he's spontaneous, but like the same type of spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Like all through growing up is like, oh, let's go on a, let's go on a trip. But we always go to California, the yeah. beach, mm-hmm. or to your brother's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we always wanted to go somewhere. And we're like, let's go there. Because we used to same love going to their time. house. Yeah. But you guys loved it. You were like, yes, it's something we all could agree on. Everybody always wanted to go. Yeah. And so it was like the place to go. So we would always go there. But You've been, you've been married for 32 years. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, let's go to the coast. Always like sometimes. Bandon. Yeah. The best Western. Yeah. <laughs> Face rock. <laughs> well, Every we love time. it there. We love it. We have so much yeah. fun there. That's the thing. It's like 
you can have a tendency to look at it and be like, oh man, I'm the same type of spontaneous. But if you like it, like if you're happy yeah, and you know him, like you've been married to him for 32 years mm-hmm. and you like it. We enjoy that. But we also like to try new things too. He's always looking up new things. Yeah. Always. He always wants to, like anytime I say, I'm going to go and do this. Or let's get away this weekend. Or let's go to Bandon this weekend. He's like, oh, looking things up. We can go here and here and here and here and then end up in Bandon and then shoot back this way and go over here. And I'm like, I just want to go to Bandon. He's a good planner. Oh, but we can. Yeah, he loves to plan. Man, I did not get that from him. I suck at planning. (laughs) I'm the worst. You got that from me. (laughs) I I just think of like, I plan the same way that I podcast. Just all over. I'm just like, hey, here's a topic. Boom, go. Hit record. Let's do it. Same thing with like dates. I'm like, I just, I'm like, hey, Taylor, can we have a date night on Friday? And then it's like, okay, well, all I thought in my head was like sushi and flowers. But then she's like, what are we going to do? I'm like sushi and flowers. And she's like, well, I want to go on a hike and I want to do this. I'm like, oh man, I didn't think about any of that. (laughs) I just thought we'd just have a date together. Man, I want to get better at that. I got the romantic vibe from him, but I I don't have the confidence that he does to like really i don't know i have a hard time being confident in my ability to be romantic or to be accepted here i go back to my validation like i always need validation and dad does too needs that validation everybody does like what you when you were talking about likes on instagram or something i might post something i get 14 likes i'm like well that was a dad <laughs> you know so oh true and i'm getting so like, i don't I'm like pissed about 300 likes yeah and i see That's i don't true. like i don't post anything because of that I think just because I'm like, oh, people are just going to see it and be like, that's dumb. And, you know, I don't want people to like, oh, that's something stupid. I have to scroll past. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to (laughs) like do something that. That's so funny. (laughs) You want it to be like a a scroll stopper. Yeah, I want it. Well, just something that they're going to be like, oh, Karen posted. I wonder what she's doing. And then just like it because they're like, oh, that's cool that Karen's doing that or that Karen thought to post that or something like that. Well, that's... But that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> well, just maybe not happen. on Instagram, but it happens to you on Facebook. I feel like whenever you post something about your kids or your family, you always get lots of likes. Uh, it's really rare. Dad usually does most of the posting. Oh, but okay. I think I think one of my fears, not that we have started this podcast talking about fears, but one of my fears is just to be like overlooked and forgotten. And yet I'm... It's very vulnerable of you to say. One of the... (laughs) One of the... I'm going to turn my chair so I can lean against the back of it. So creaky. I know. That's like an ancient chair. It was my grandmother's. Oh. Oh, I'll try not to stress it out too much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you're fine. It's lasted this long. (laughs) But I've noticed like things going on around me. And when people... um, It's a long podcast, isn't it? No, not at all. Oh, good. I was just looking to see, I have another podcast later tonight, but I still oh, okay. got like three hours. Oh. Um, people like around in in our neighborhood will be, you know, people that I know that we're all mutual friends. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll all be going on hikes or something. And I'm like, what am I, chopped liver? Like, no one <laughs> thought to invite me to this hike or something. I oh, love so to hike. Oh, you have some serious FOMO. FOMO? Yeah, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. And or like granted, oh, being overlooked and stuff. Yeah, being overlooked. Like I'm right here, literally right here in this circle of yeah. women who are going out and doing things without me. That And I, I have reached out to these women mm-hmm. before and they're all very nice, kind women. And I'm yeah. sure they just haven't even thought because it's a social thing and they know that 
I have a hard time being social, you know, going to like baby showers. Oh my gosh. I I will buy a gift, but going to a baby shower and sitting down, I love the food, (laughs) but Mm. sitting there and like having nobody talk to you is horrible. So you have reached out to these women and invited them to hikes? I've invited them to go for walks. Yeah. And then, so you're kind of feeling mad, like chopped liver that they don't invite you. They don't return the invitation. Yeah, just really kind of sad. It sounds really pathetic of me to say that now that I'm saying it out loud. But I think I do that a lot feel, of people feel that way. I feel really sad about that. That, and I really hope that I have not done that to other people, because I would feel really sad that if I was having a get together with you know friend A and friend B, that I would also try really hard and include friend C, mm-hmm. so that. You know, we all could do something together. I don't know. Well, I just find that it's really here's tough a that thought. Way. Here's a thought, and I'm not like calling you out or anything, but do you do you go into your friendships with a tit for tat mentality? It's really interesting you say that because I feel like someone just asked me something really close to that. Because when I go into a friendship, first of all, maybe it's part of my Virgoness. We'd have to look into that. Virgoness. Virgoness. <laughs> Virgo- Virgonosity. I'm really particular about who. I spend time with. Yeah. I don't want to be with people that are just going to shoot the breeze or talk about church the whole time or talk about their baby the whole time. I want a good, like, you know what I mean? I just want like versatility and variety and, you know, and I want to be able to give back to them. You know, I mm-hmm. want, I want to be able to receive them. <clears throat> I also want them to receive me and to mm-hmm. be there for me. However, if I have a friend that is like, oh, I really need you. I need you to be here for me today. And I need you to, do, if I have someone that's like super needy, that's really hard for me because yeah. I am kind of a loner, you yeah. know? And so I guess that's asking a lot of a friend to I be able to be there for me. And I really want to be there for them too, but sometimes I just get really overwhelmed. So, yeah, I don't know. That sounds awful now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> well, I don't think that you're alone in that because I'm Pisces and I am very picky how I hang out with as well. I don't yeah. like one faceted friendships either. Do you want to hear some positive Virgo traits? Let's hear it positive virgo is an earth sign which is demonstrated in their practical and logical tendencies some of their best qualities are because they're such thoughtful well-grounded people you're also very reliable it's hard pressed to find someone that's more responsible and reliable than a virgo Hmm. you're also very patient and very kind that's very sweet you're also I, very critical. I hope I am all those things. That's what the other one was saying is super critical of others and stuff, which obviously I'm proving that point right now. Yeah, I and you're picky. Critical. It says, again, Virgos are very, they're pretty set in their ways and are not easily convinced to try something new. Yeah. They also run the risk of being critical about others' choices when they're not in, not the Virgo's first choice. Yeah. Which I think can bleed over into friendships. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And but, maybe relationships as well. But my kids are like my very best friends. Yeah. You know, that's, I feel like my relationship with them is they're all the friends that I need. And so to make room for other people in my life is like. Mm. Well, it sounds like you want to though. I mean, you I do. want to be invited on walks and stuff with these women. I mean, it's my time of life now where I just am like, 
maybe it's because of the quarantine. I'm just like, please, you know, if you're going on a hike, I would love well, to go on a hike. I've noticed, you, okay, so of all your kids, I've known you the longest. You have. Because I'm the oldest, okay? Yes. And when I was young, I remember you being very quiet and very passive. Very sweet and warm and loving and kind, always. And I, because of those reasons, I hated going to school and... Because I was passive? No, because you were so nice. You didn't like going to school because I was nice. Yeah, because you were a super awesome mom. Like, you're really warm and loving and nice. Oh. And so I liked being home with you and going to school. People were oh. mean and rude and made me work hard. Oh, I see it. And you didn't make me work super hard. No, But I, I remember you being like, also, sorry, that was like a really confusing way to say everything I just did. I'm trying to like spew thoughts. Just anyway. But yeah, you were also very like not outspoken. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we would always go grocery shopping and you'd bring a calculator to add up all the prices of everything because dad had given you a budget to stay within. And it mm-hmm. was very like, that was super important to stick to that budget. Mm-hmm. But as you've gotten older uh, and specifically when you went to college and got an education, I noticed you becoming a lot more opinionated, outspoken and like aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, actually. I hope so. All of those things are really good. Um and I don't know what my point was, but I think that those are the changes that I've noticed in you. Mhm. Let's take a quick break for some ads. Have you noticed those changes in you too? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of that um, a lot of that did happen when I started going to school and I started going to school when you were in fourth grade. That's when I actually started. Yeah. But I didn't, I don't remember you really ever become like these changes taking place since you went to school the second time right. for teaching and mm-hmm. actually finished, you know, got your bachelor's when you were 50 mm-hmm. or 49 or something. 47, but 40, yeah, but 47, but then you're, yeah. Anyway, so pretty late mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, midway, midway, <laughs> I'm midway. You only have me for less than what you've already had me. Yeah. How old are you now? 50. Oh, 50. Nice. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I I feel like the changes were necessary because the tenacity that it takes to stick to a goal like that. Yeah. You have to be verbal. You have to, you have to grab onto it and... You know, I've said this before in my podcast, but I I know that, you know, with the problems that I had passing classes because of math, like what we talked about earlier. Yeah. I just I the math, my math center in my brain must be super tiny because it just did not make <laughs> sense to me wherever it is. I'm just kidding. I don't know. The math of campus <laughs> <laughs> just did not make sense. Yeah. And I cried and cried and cried. I had to reach out. I had to. I had to take education by the horns and say, you are mine. I had to do that because Mm -hmm. there was no other way that I was going to learn. It wasn't just going to flow into me. You can't just fall asleep with a book on your face and expect to know it all when you wake up. You have to like grab it. You have to like dig in and not only just dig into the book, but dig into yourself. Nice. You know, how deep can I go? Yeah. And I was thrashing with this. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to spend the time away from my family. It was hard to find the money. It was hard to watch dad pick up 
all the pieces of life that I had left him with, you know, with like dinner and going here and going there and taking this kid and that kid and just yeah. figuring, we had to figure it out. We had to work together. And I, I had to have those outlets of standing up for myself and taking care of Karen, taking care of the mom, taking care of the wife. I had to take care of the student. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out and I was working. So I really, yeah. I had to do that. And I couldn't just sit back passively and just be someone that dad took care of. And, you know, and that changed you a lot. It did. You know, you really dug into yourself and and Mm -hmm. grew a lot. Yeah. I wanted to read a few things. Okay. So Virgo, as a naturally shy and reserved sign, you're so shy when you're in elementary Mm -hmm. school. Painfully. Virgos have a hard time opening up and making new friends. However, once they do, they're amazing friends who should always be the first call for anyone in need, or just if you need a good talk about life. Hmm. Virgos love connecting with others, and this applies in their friendships and with family members. That is so true. Yeah. So true. I could not have said it better. Um, you also thrive on deep and intellectual connections. You're mm-hmm. supportive and a very loyal romantic partner. And take a deep interest in their loved one's interests and life. A Virgo will genuinely make an effort to get to know their partner's interests and their mind. That's one thing that I really love about you. When I was a kid, I would go skateboarding and be like, Mom, check out this cool trick. And you'd be like, ooh, teach me about that trick. Let me see you do it. I was like, wow, Mom actually really cares about this kickflip. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you're never going to do it, but you just made... And that's why I feel like... No teachers were ever like that. Nobody ever took an interest in my life the way you did. And so that's another reason why I really wanted to be homeschooled when I was a kid. I hated going to school because everybody else sucked. Mm -hmm. All my teachers were just like trying to do their job. But you actually took an interest in in the details of my life. And I see you still doing that with Dyson, with his YouTube videos and whatever else he does, his video games. Like, you don't care. Or you're not really into video games, but you care because you love him and you want Mm -hmm. to know his mind and his interests. Yeah, that's really important to me. I read so many books that I didn't want to read because Jasmine's a reader and she was reading them. So (laughs) I'm like, I got to read this book. (laughs) Nice, yeah. And that's um, really admirable, I think. You know, because it's not, you're not just doing it because to do it. And the thing that I think is important to note is that you're not betraying yourself to do it. You actually do love mm-hmm. us. And so you're, you're doing it out of that place, not out of like yeah. obligation. Right. No, I mean, I, I read the books Jasmine read because I wanted to know what she was reading and I wanted to be able to connect with her on yeah. that level. And yeah. I still share that with Jasmine so much now. She just sent me a book that I'm dying to get into because she read it and now I want to read it. I want to have that connection with her. Nice. And I watch movies that Kaylin sends me, even though I can't pronounce the names of them because <laughs> I'm like, I want to be able to connect. Yeah, that's been coming through this entire podcast episode, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're taking an interest in my life. I mean, you're hiring me for the videos. You do the podcast with me. Um, Yeah. I think you take a really deep interest. That's what makes you so fun to talk to. Oh, thanks. I hope that always one stays. Of the reasons. I mean, it's it's kind of a deeply rooted part of your personality. So I think that that you don't really have yeah. a choice. 
Well, I had that with my mom for sure. My mom was really yeah. good at that. My mom was like my best friend. She would always just sit at the table and wait for me to get off, off of my dates, which I don't do. I can't stay up past nine o'clock if it kills me. I just like cannot stay mm. up. It's really hard for me. But my mom always did. And she always took that interest and just talked. It was really nice. That's cool. So I had a really good example for that. And your dad? Um, he was, he didn't do so much of that. Mm. He was really good at a lot of other things, but not that. He probably would have talked more if I would have talked about what he wanted to talk about. Oh. His birthday is December 31st. So it would be interesting to find out about sounds his like a, zodiac sign. Sounds like uh Sag, December 31st. Yeah, I don't know any of the signs. Uh December 31st. Oh, Capricorn, that's the last one. Mm. Capricorn. Yeah. Damaris was a Sagittarius. Mm. Extremely hard-headed, opinionated, stubborn, loves their own opinions. I think there's some positive things about Sagittarius. <laughs> There must be somewhere because... Canyon's a Sagittarius. Oh, Canyon is? Yeah. That means that Jesse is too. Yeah. They are, They but they're stubborn. Yeah. And they like their own opinion. Yep. You could offer Jesse a right shoe and he would continue wearing his two left shoes just because <laughs> they're his and... He likes them. <laughs> yeah. Just really likes... But that also is a really good, it is a service for good too, to have that kind of mindset because you can... It's rock solid. It's rock solid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. He's someone... You always know where they stand. You could put him in a forest with like a Q-tip and super glue and he would build you a mall. I mean, he's just like that kind of person. He would figure out... Sounds like Jesus. ...how to do it. (laughs) fish and the loaves, you know, feed 10,000 with... probably can do it. (laughs) Yeah, if if there was an apocalypse, Jesse would be the person who I'd want to go through it with. Yeah, for sure. But not Dam. No. Well, you don't have to... Yeah, not Dam. Not Dam. (laughs) But yeah, it was funny. The other night, I was hanging out with Canyon and Braden, and we were making steaks and stuff. And we were talking about the Zodiac stuff and Canyon's like, he was a little, like a, bit, a little bit like Braden, just really resistant to it. And he's like, so what do you know about Sagittarius? And then I said, all the stuff I just said to mm-hmm. you, like, oh, they're, you know, stubborn, they're strong willed. They like their own opinions. And Canyon was like, yeah, I can see that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I love that he's able to have an open mind like that. Yeah. Because, I don't know, that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's fun talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all just up for interpretation. And like you said, it's just a tool Yeah, to use or not use, take it or leave it type thing. But it is fun to look into and study and see. I mean, there's a lot to be said for the stars. There have been astronomers forever, yeah. and the stars are ancient. And yeah. so... What are some things that you feel like you have had to do in your marriage of 32 years to like um, keep it going, like just stay spontaneous and romantic? That's a good question. I I feel like it, it takes a lot of 
overlooking a lot of things, you know, but you can't overlook forever. You have to address. And so I think that going back to what you had said before, like you've become a lot more passionate, a lot more aggressive and a lot more outspoken. And, you know, for the first, I would say 20 years of marriage, I really didn't. I just let things happen and I was just okay with things happening. Mm -hmm. But over time, you know, and then, you know, he would, dad would always say, you're so perfect for me. I'd be like, is that because I don't do anything? I just let you do whatever. Because I really didn't. And yet, nice. if he knew anything that I wanted, I had it, you know. But yeah. I just, when I was going to school, I had to be so much more vocal about what I needed or didn't need. And um, he just like stepped up. And I feel like, you know, like today, for example, we had a huge letdown when we couldn't take the trailer home. We would, we were stoked to go and pick up that trailer. Yeah. And he was understandably very disappointed in that. Yeah. And so I just like help him out. Last night he was, you know, had a rough day at work or whatever and had a, you know, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I just know that he was not himself last night. Mm -hmm. And just, those moments when he sees it in me or when I see it in him, you just have to kind of swallow your own <laughs> needs at that moment and be like, what's more important to me right now? You know, yeah. does does he need me right now? And just being able to do that and just to to give them what they need in that moment, you know. And so nice. during, we had a movie together. We watched a movie together and I just, you what know, movie? um, Darrell's and Corfu. We were watching <laughs> nice. that. So not a movie, I guess a couple show. episodes of the show and he could just lay on the couch and rest. And I was just kind of rubbing his legs, rubbing his feet. And not that I want to glorify myself because I was doing this for him, but he does it for me all the time. He's yeah. always rubbing my shoulders, knowing that I've had a stressful day at work or whatever. And he's always doing that. And you know, I just felt like, you know, so I guess to answer your question is that you really just, you need to be there for each other. You really need yeah. to just, sometimes you just got to swallow what you need and be there for the other person. We're in a world now where self-care, you know, take care of yourself and uh, make sure that you get what you need. But there's, it's overrated. You know, you really do in a marriage. Self-care is taking care of the other person sometimes. That's a bold statement. I, I think I agree with you because in my last marriage, uh, I tried to do that, but like what you're saying, like take care of her in order to take care of myself. I didn't do it. I didn't do it with that in mind though. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But she didn't really do that for me. And so it eventually got to a place where I did need to take care of myself and I had to let go of her, of her emotional needs. Because she wasn't letting that happen for you. Yeah. So, but if it's, if it's equally um, considered by both parties, you know, that you're both taking care of each other's needs, it does mm -hmm. feel that way because my current relationship, um, my capacity and my desire to give her everything is way more than it ever was in my last marriage because she's constantly concerned about me mm -hmm. and what I need and if I'm okay and if I'm hungry mm -hmm. and never really seeking anything in return. So my capacity to want to give her mm -hmm. more and take care of her is amplified 10 times. You know, I'm just throwing a number out, but mm -hmm. you know what I mean? 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, he's in my relationship with dad and we've both made our mistakes and we've both had problems and, and things like that. And, and, um, I think that making it is making it together, you know, is just, you have to understand that you're both human and you're both going to make mistakes. And just because you're in a relationship or just because you're sealed in the temple or just because of whatever you love each other doesn't mean that you're exempt. You're still going to piss each other off. Yeah. And you just have to understand that and just realize that, you know, when you make a mistake, it's up to him to realize I'm not perfect and neither is he. And the understanding that I'm giving to him at this moment or that he's giving to me, it's it's all going to come back around. Yeah. You know, if I say something stupid and he's like, oh, it's all right, you know, then I can be like, oh, he said something stupid, but it's okay because he forgave my, you know, it's like yeah. a give and take type of thing. So his and, softness and understanding and compassion mm-hmm. really diffuses you and allows That's exactly you. exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I like the word diffuse that you used. Yeah. It's perfect. Do you think there's times when you have to diffuse yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure. What's your way? Time. Same. Going for walks. The mm-hmm. other day I got mad at Taylor because we had a little misunderstanding. It was so stupid and so small. Like even tell, telling the story would be boring, but to diffuse myself, cause she was pretty fired up and so was I. Um, so I just went for a walk, went to the mailbox, got the mail, came back and we sat down and talked it out. Her way is like, let's talk about it right now. Like, let's figure this out. Let's have a conversation. And my way is like, let's just take some space for a sec and let me just calm down mm-hmm. and come back to it. Like once my fuse is, you know, not mm-hmm. burning anymore. And that's what works for me. Yeah. Me too. But not uh, too much time. It's nice that yours, yeah, I was just going to say, it's nice that yours is like to the mailbox and back. Mine's like, leave me alone for a few days. Well, my Let mailbox me is it's a half mile. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's Walk, a little better. Yeah. yeah, it took maybe 15 minutes. And yeah. that's all I really, but it was such a small thing, you know, so small. Yeah. So do you think that religion has made your relationship easier or harder? Hmm. That's a super good question. In what way? In what aspect of my relationship? Just getting along? Um, yeah, I guess that's a really hard thing to unpack. I guess just in general, like start with the first thing that comes to your mind with religion. Like, is it nice to be on the same page religiously? So kind of recent developments that... Um, like, I feel like dad is way more religious than I am because I've come to some understandings. Like, first of all, I don't even think I understand all of my own religion. Like people can ask doctrine related questions and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I I have faith and I really believe that the church is true, that both of us belong to feel like it's true. And I've had really great spiritual experiences so that I do believe that I have a savior and I do believe in Heavenly Father and I do believe in that healing power. Mm-hmm. But if he or anyone tries to talk about church history or tries to bring up the saints book or tries to bring up, oh, I was listening to this talk, I immediately shut off. Mm. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about that stuff right now. So and your faith is just simple. It's just very, like, I don't get into the doctrine. I don't get into, like, I don't, I don't know. But and weren't so, you a gospel doctrine teacher? No. You were a teacher, though. 
I, I taught... A Sunday school teacher or something? No. I taught um, Temple. Temple prepared. Oh. Or what is it called? Temple prep. Temple prep. I taught that class. Well, and so that was very simple to teach that class. I feel on the same page as you. I have been talking to my friend John Welling, and he... Uh, we have FaceTime chats once a week. And, you know, sometimes it's about religion, sometimes not. But this last week was, and he asked me, he's pretty direct with his questions. He's like, so Ammon, like, where are you in your faith of Jesus Christ? How's your testimony? Like, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And my first response Mm -hmm. is like, well, I'm just kind of more focused on like coronavirus and survival. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. My answer to him was like, well... I've always believed that, you know, that Jesus Christ and, and God live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've just kind of grew up thinking that like that was the only thing. And so as I've stepped away from the church and, and well, more religion, you know, like I've just stepped away from religion organized and just started thinking about like, what do I believe? Just asking myself all the hard questions, all the, all the foundational questions so that I could know really what I do believe in. And not just because I was born into something, but do I believe that God lives? Do I believe that Jesus Christ loves me? Kind of a thing. And I was more thinking along the lines of, um, like, if they do, that would be great. And it's really comforting to believe that. It would be really nice because if I die and then there's a God to go hang out with and go back to that would be amazing but i don't know if that's ever really helped my life be better or worse if that makes Mm. sense Mm -hmm. up to this point like for 30 years i was seeking that answer and that's kind of what we all are doing in that where we just believe it and then just hope for it hope for a better world Mm -hmm. and teach your kids that and we'll all be together forever Mm -hmm. but how does that really help me now I, can I still do those things regardless? Can't I still like hope for something but not like just base all of my life on it, on it and and like do everything like have my life completely hanging on that fact? Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of just come to the current conclusion that I'm just gonna kind of focus on my life here on earth presently and just and just be a good person and love my family love my friends and my girlfriend to the best of my ability and be a good person be honest and seek for truth outside of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints because i do think and john agreed with me he actually was the one that told me this he's like there is truth outside of the church Mm -hmm. and as i sought for truth inside the church it just got to a point and probably separately, but it got to a point where the church was only bringing me negativity, uh, dishonesty, and betrayal in my personal experience with the people, not not the doctrine or anything, but the people. And I just don't have any patience or capacity anymore in my life to put up with that. And so if at any point my in the future that is not the case and, mm-hmm. and I want to come back, I will. But for now... Um, I've been able to find a lot more acceptance, unconditional love and support, and honesty outside of religion. And uh, mm-hmm. and for me, that's what's been true for now. And I'm not saying for anybody else that that's the case. I'm not saying this is a universal truth or anything like that. 
I don't necessarily want anybody to like follow me or to look at my example because my whole life it's just been like, Ammon, you're the oldest and you set the example. And now I kind of want to just be like, well, what's best for me? Mm-hmm. And what example do I want to follow? And what life, kind of a life do I want to live? And what do I believe? So kind of looping back to relationships, you know, you're, the whole world is like, serve yourself, what's best for you? And, mm-hmm. and it, it has gotten to a point where that's the case for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's separate from relationships. It's more about like my, my belief and my spirituality because I still do up, uphold spirituality. I think about it. I talk about it. I pray and I go outside and, and talk about spiritual things and I work on myself in that way. But just yeah. religion has kind of been a little bit difficult for me lately. Anyway. I hear you. I understand all of that because I feel the same way. Um, frustration in the people that are in the church and the people that I have to work with on a daily basis. And in my case, men that are, in my opinion, overstepping or overlooking women and just saying, well, I hold the priesthood and it's my final call and I'm going to do this no matter how you feel about it. Yeah. And that really makes me mad yeah and i don't know if it's just kind of specific to like where we are into our ward right now and i don't know if it's like that everywhere but i have noticed a big difference in different places where i go to church there's a huge difference like in las vegas i never would have seen that kind of yeah that kind of mentality. Yeah. But in this area, in this ward, we have very educated people. They're all making a ton of money to live here. And I feel like they just feel like they have the power because maybe I don't make as much as them and they don't have to listen to me because Utah's I don't have way. I don't have a bank full. Of, yeah, Utah's the same way. Such a bubble. And so that, that offends me yeah. badly. And that might have been part of my desire to be educated. So that I could at least have an education and feel like I'm maybe a part of these people. But I honestly, I've been talking to dad about this a lot. I have felt so much better not going to church the last little while. Oh, yeah. So the, and, the church like mm-hmm. gatherings have all been canceled since the pandemic. Have you seen that meme where church is canceled and the casinos are canceled? And when God and Satan agree, it's pretty bad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have not seen that. That's funny. It's funny. But anyway, um, we've, we have discussed that and how I was saying the same thing, like my calling and the church and going there. I mean, church is supposed to be happy. It's supposed to make you like fill your cup and recharge your, recharge your batteries. I feel nothing yeah. but frustration anxiety. and anxiety when I go to church. Yeah. But doing it here, I've been able to feel so much better being home, nice. taking the sacrament at home, doing our study here that's short. We can go on a drive. We can enjoy nature. Maybe the prophet was inspired to kind of direct the church towards a more home-based I've been church. saying that the whole time ever since quarantine happened. Yeah. I was like, it's so funny that we're doing this with you know him just in like introducing this home-based for one year yeah you know church supported home-based education yeah so yeah i hear you and that's hard it's hard for dad too because he can see that i'm getting more opinionated especially in my faith area of my faith and not that it's wavering it's just getting like frustrated opinions are amazing mom they're great 
you just have to maintain an open mind to the yeah. to the fact that other opinions are good too. Yeah. And other people might be right. Right. And I I say that because I feel like I have the right to um because I feel like I'm really good at that's one of my strengths I think is having an open mind. Like even though I've stepped away from attending church and religion and all that, mm-hmm. I still talked to John about the gospel. Mm-hmm. I still picked a book of Mormon verse to read with him. I read from the Come Follow Me manual with him, and I still like I'm seeking. Mm-hmm. And I will say that a belief in God, and when President Nelson comes out and says that he's optimistic about the future of the world, you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing, it does like offer me peace. Mm-hmm. But I just want to be able to have peace from internal sources, yeah, and not just look to other people or other external sources for peace. I think it's important to remember, though, that, you know, you are, all of us are a temporal and a spiritual being in one. Yeah. Because when you die, your spirit leaves your body, right? I mean, it it gives you life and then it goes away. You know, your spirit is eternal. Your spirit came from God. And I think it's important to remember that. And so your temporal body has needs and so does your spirit. They both have needs. And that's what I was talking about earlier is making sure that both of those, your body and your spirit are still getting their needs met, no mm-hmm. matter how you do it, whether you, you know, go on a hike. I or... totally agree with you. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I feel like I have a spirit, a soul, and I, I mean, I have a body and I and feel both like need some attention and both of those things are going to conflict And that's what I've been talking about that a lot lately is that I have this perfect spirit from God, right? Yeah. And it has these gifts and it has its own personality. It has its own desires and things like that and and traits. And then I have my mom and my dad that like my mom, the cancer and my dad, the Capricorn. Capricorn. And so they have these other personalities. My dad was kind of a partier and my mom was a little bit of a partier too but she's like more shy and my dad was like entrepreneur and my mom was just like stay at home and so I feel like I have all these personalities conflicting and wrestling constantly for the forefront like my spirit just says you know Karen why aren't you doing these things to nourish me and then my shy side is like no Karen stay home you don't want to go out and my my extroverted passionate side it's like no get out there put yourself out there be a friend people need you yeah and so i just like i'm constantly always temporally and spiritually conflicted my external and my um, extroverted self always always battles my shy introverted self Hmm. and so i you know, there's a lot of that going on and the self-actualization that has to happen at some point where we grow up and figure out, yes, this is who I am. Yeah. I just feel like it's not going to happen. It reminds me of that movie uh, Inside Out. Oh, yeah, Where for all sure. the, the fear and the disgust and anger and happiness and sadness yes. are all battling with each other inside of this one being until, you know, you find harmony mm-hmm. with all of them. And something that I've been learning from life coaching is that... Each of your voices, or each of those emotions, you know, fear and all the things, have a voice, have a purpose. They're there for a reason, and it's important to listen to them, but to not allow any of, like, to not allow fear specifically to drive the bus or steer the ship or whatever your analogy will be. 
um, to recognize that you are in control of your life and that each of these voices have something to offer, but you're the one in charge. Mm -hmm. You're driving, you're steering, and you make the calls based off of the information that these voices are telling you. Right. So it's, yeah, it's hard. Like, but education is where I think you can find harmony. Once you educate yourself on yourself, like Mm -hmm. do work on yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to help you to find that harmony between all of your different voices and all of mm-hmm. your different personality traits, mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. and you're an educator. Yeah. So ironic. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I think that goes back to even what you were saying about the old people, you know, being mean to you and stuff like that is that we all kind of, you know, get to that point where we're just like, you know what? I don't really care right now, (laughs) you know, dude, you need to just back off and you know, it's just like, it's true. Yeah. It just kind of comes all around. So true. And I'm probably going to be the grumpiest old man you've ever met. No, you won't. (laughs) I I probably won't. just too silly. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking. Of course. It's been super fun. I love it. We should do it more. Okay. Should we record it? (laughs) You haven't been recording this whole time? (laughs) No. (laughs) anyway yes well this was really fun i appreciate you sitting down and talking to me and yeah i learn a lot from you every time i sit down i think that you're a super good mom thank you and i hope that all the kids listen to this and feel loved i hope so too i sure love all of them yeah all of you guys i love you guys there's a lot to learn from you you know and from each other we all have different personalities like we said and learn so much from each other i love our community that we have our family community i do too a lot of diversity (laughs) yes (laughs) a lot all right well until next time okay thank you i love you love you too thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast if you want to support this podcast the easiest way is to subscribe or tell a friend or leave a rating on itunes or just send us money the link for that is in the show notes follow ammon on instagram at ammon clough and Braden at Braden.pnw.